what up what up what up welcome to another great episode of the goat talk podcast this is an episode me and eric recorded a couple days ago and it was right before trey young got voted into the all-star game as a starter first hawk to do that since the kimbe matumbo congratulations trey young and we hope you enjoy listening to the episode we uh went around the nba a little bit talked about the hawks and talked about all-star literally right before it dropped so um yeah be a goat bye Yo. Hello, hello. Yo, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yo, what's, what's up? up, man? Not much, man. Not much. What's up? How you doing? Yo, I'm doing good, man. It's a lot been going on in NBA lately, man. I. Whew. It's uh after Christmas, uh, the uh, official um, half mark of the season. Every team has played like their forty first game, right? So, therefore, it's like you know halfway, the halfway mark. The All Star break is around the corner. Right. So, uh, yeah, man, let's 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 talk, man. Let's um. Let's let's get around the NBA, man. Who you uh who do you, who you seeing as the definite contenders right now in the NBA, man? Contenders, uh, Milwaukee for sure. Uh, Milwaukee on the East. In the East, I got Milwaukee. It's like really like I just don't see anybody that's gonna be able to stop Milwaukee. Um, I just don't see a team that's as complete as they are. I'm not saying they're just a perfect team, but I mean the record speaks for itself. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, if I had to pick someone else to come out the east, I would pick a dark horse like Miami. Um, I just Ooh. like how well they play defense, I just really like how well they play defense. Uh, it's just really good. Um, but I'm not saying I'm depending on them, but if they made it to the, the Eastern Conference Finals, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and you know, I can, I can see a trade going down before the deadline to kind of give them one more piece. Um, and then out west, come on, LA, the Lakers, the the Clippers. I'm worried about the Clippers because I don't know if they're going to be healthy, and because in playoff time, like they ain't been healthy all season. So I just I just don't know if they're going to be healthy in the playoffs. Like everyone wants to assume that they'll pull it together and you know have their whole cast there in in, in April. But I mean, <laughs> October, November, December, January, they ain't been healthy. So we'll see. Um, but if they are healthy, yeah, yeah, the Clippers and, and the Lakers. And speaking of defense, man, Utah, a dark horse, dark house, dark horse out west, man, the Utah Jazz. I like those picks, man. I'm I'm right there in the same vein with you. Back out east, definitely Milwaukee is head of the pack. Number one in the NBA right now, as far as record wise, and Giannis is on another MVP season. I'm sure he, I feel like he's gonna go ahead and wrap up that back to back, man. And um, at the beginning of the season, people were talking Philly, but I always said Philly needs shooting. Yeah. They don't have shooting. Um, 
Joel Embiid, he's been hurt. Uh, I know you. I know you probably saw the video. He dislocated his finger. That shit was nasty. But, Man, that was nasty. Yeah, it was. Ooh, and he came back out with it with the with it taped up. And oh my god, I I don't see how he did. I would have went home. I'm just. I'm just. I'm, just uh, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm like. I'm just going home. Be like, I go <laughs> just straight home. Just straight home. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. I'm just going home. Put some ice on it. I'm going home. But um. Philly, they're you know they're I think they're like fifth right now in the East, but um, like you said, Miami definitely is a dark horse contender. The thing about Milwaukee though, they worry me in the playoffs because we know the playoffs, everything slows down, possessions mean more, so you're gonna need key buckets from your star players, those key role players. Yeah. And if you have a second star, that's where your second and third stars shine. Uh, the reason people were saying Philly is because, you know, they have the stars. They have Joel Embiid. You got Ben Simmons. You got Tobias Harris, Al Horford. You know, you have – that's a pretty formidable, you know, star power lineup. And I still believe in the playoffs they can give somebody a run for their money. But Miami – Jimmy Butler and them? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Miami's been kind of – not Miami. Jimmy Butler's been kind of laying low as far as his production, but I feel like he's saving it for the playoffs. Like, like he's – you know, like Eric Spolster, that coach in Miami, is real big on getting the young guys and getting the lesser-known players their reps in the regular season so that they'll be ready for the bigger moment. And I feel like Miami, like Jimmy specifically, is just kind of – letting the other guys do their thing, forming that chemistry, strengthening everyone's confidence, and then he'll be able to kind of take over more so in the playoffs. I mean, we know Jimmy can take over a game. And like you said, if they can trade to get a secondary player that can, you know, kind of get his own buckets, that that team can really be dangerous. I don't know, but I've been hearing people say that. Like, where where is this piece going to come from, though? I don't really see that piece just out there on the trading block. I know OKC has a lot of, you know, odds and ends, but they're currently in a playoff picture. I don't think they're looking to move anyone in particular. You know, they're not in any rush. They got all the picks. They have all the, they have all the leverage right now. So you, you got to call OKC with a big offer. You're not going to go get Chris Paul. He makes too much money. Um, so I don't really – I think Miami – if I'm Miami, I just stand pat. Um, I may if, make, make a – somehow – what if they – what if you, you know, I understand stand pat is good because they kind of like the, 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 the sum of their individual parts is greater than any individual player. But what if, you know, you, could, you can get D'Angelo Russell out there or – or what if you could get – now, they would have to give up something. Like, what if, you know, maybe they had to give up Tyler uh, Hero, but they, you know, and maybe something else, but they ended up with, you know, you know, <laughs> Mr. Ice Vangs, uh D'Angelo Russell, or who else? That I would have? at least require Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero. Goran Dragic would make the money work, and Tyler Hero just, you know, sweeten the pot and everything like that. That would at least require that. I would be – I would be on brand with that. I would be okay with that, but I, I don't want to mess up that continuity right now, man. Uh, Miami, personally, I think they are the team 
no one wants to see in the playoffs in a second. Like Milwaukee, they're hoping that Miami stays in uh this that second seed. So they don't at least get to see them until the Eastern Conference Finals. Because they see them in the second round. Ah, ooh, I don't ooh. you don't want to see you don't want to see Miami in a second round playoff series. No team does. Like I feel like that. They are the Miami Heat on a different mission. But out west, man, of course the Lakers and the Clippers. I just read an article about how the Clippers are having problems. Montrez Harrell came out and said something and about uh pref- it? um it was um basically they don't like it's some stuff going on in the locker room. I know Kawhi came out uh, about a week ago and said something about, you know, just, you know, pretty much just chill, you know, just, just regular season and all of that like that. Uh, but the thing is, they the article is basically saying some of the guys don't really like how Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard are getting preferential treatment. Now, do I think this is an issue that's going to like – take over the locker room and all of that. No, those are veteran guys on that team. They know they have an end goal. I think this is just some like mid-season drama or something like that. You know, like you said, those guys really haven't, they've been in and out a lot of, I don't think they've had like a straight up 10 game stretch where they've had like a fully healthy roster. You know, if they can get that, I think everything will be okay. And the thing is, they're winning throughout all of this, even though they just lost to the Hawks without Kawhi and without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. And you know, shout you out see- to the Clippers fans that went to the game in Atlanta just to see none of your starters. <laughs> none of your starters. And catch the L. <laughs> and catch the L without you know Trey Young. I think I think the Hawks were wise to just sit him out. Trey's been balling lately. Um, it's not like we're going anywhere. He's been nicked and banged up and stuff. We just need to get him to all-star break pretty healthy. Um, also, um, like you saying with the uh, Utah, Utah just went on a tear. I think they went on like a 10-0. Um, it went 10-0 for a period of time about a week or so ago, and they've been just yeah. on it. They just, I mean, beginning the season – I was doubting Utah as far as their hype. They were really hyped up to me. Like, people were putting them right where they are now. And I'm actually pretty surprised. You know, Dominic Mitchell's been playing well. And you got um, Mike Conley hasn't been playing well at all. He's actually coming off of an injury. And they got him kind of, you know, working him back into the rotation. Man, that trade, that trade. When the trade happened to get – who they get over there? Um, God, the boy used to play for the Cavs. Um, oh, oh, Jordan Clarkson. He's been in. Jordan Clarkson, everything clicked. Everything yeah. clicked. It's like I, I just, I just read his stats last night. He was, he's averaging like fourteen a game on decent student percentage. Like he's actually producing. Like it's nice. They needed that. Like he's you, doing what they thought Mike Conley was going to do. Thank <laughs> you. Like that's really what happened. And that's that's perfect. You know, that's what Utah needs. I think their team to be not to be played within the playoffs. I think, you know, they they ran up against the Rockets twice in the in the past two playoffs. I think if they run up against them this year, if I'm not mistaken, the Rockets are in like the sixth seed. Yeah. And um so they, if they the run same up record as Dallas, so they could flip flop to the fifth seed if you know any given night. Yeah. And um I think Dallas is might be like a first round out. 
I don't see them like getting too far. Lucas had a great season, but I don't think they have the the depth like beyond Luca Porzingis. I know THJ is out balling, and I think Dwight Powell, their starting center, I think he just got hurt. Yeah, so uh, Philly, so he's down for the season. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't really see, you know, and I just read I read something that they were looking for like a 15 point a game score. So somebody like Jordan Clarkson could have been pretty key for them. And, uh, you know, I've been hearing them trying to get in on trade talks and stuff like that for uh, um, Andre Drummond. And, you know, they 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 they're going to try to make moves. You know, Mark Cuban, he's going to try to make moves out there. But Dallas, I don't really see them really doing too much in the playoffs. But the teams to really look out for are definitely, you know, Lakers, Clippers. Uh, Lakers, you know, they, they're just kind of coasting right now. And people are – I wouldn't say even coasting. They're just like – they are really just priming themselves for playoffs. And they're going to – you know, they had that molly wop against the Celtics which you know you're gonna have those every so often I don't think that's like a trend I don't think it's gonna be a trend but um I think the Lakers are just they just look good right now they probably need to make them they're so talented I mean they're gonna add a piece LeBron is gonna send a memo to uh, the front office and they're gonna they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna trade for somebody um but now if they get D-Rose I've I've saw that they get D-Rose I'm (sighs) hey I like that. <laughs> I like man. that straight up. Yeah, yeah, I gotta love that, man. Now, now, of course, I'm a LeBron fan, so you know that's that's you know it, I am a Hawks fan until they're put out of the playoffs, and then it's solely over to LeBron's team. So, <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> so um, that's that's where my allegiances lie. Um, one team we haven't mentioned that I think can make a big surge. Um, tell me what you think about the Rockets. Now, you know James Harden is one of my favorite players. Yeah. Um the Rockets I for a couple years now I've always said this they need somebody on the wing who's really going to be able to defend. Um I think they have mostly everything that you can want in a in a in a good team, good to great team. It's just that formula of you know, James Harden scoring 50 a game is like it's becoming old and teams are kind of getting used to it. And I see James is kind of taking his foot off the gas as far as let me not score 40 tonight. Let me let Russ. Russ has been getting his triple doubles in. I've been seeing him having some good games and balling and stuff. I like it. I feel like they they're really just they're really strapped too as far as cash and assets. I don't think, you know, they whatever. I think this is going to be solid. I mean, just like kind of ride with it for the rest of the um, year. But I always say if they can get them a good six, seven, six, eight wing, like, hey, Trevor Ariza, if they had that guy back, like I would, I would feel a little bit better about them because defensively they would be there because offensively you already know they can score with anybody in the league. You got James Harden who could – you know, he's going to – he can put 50 on your head, you know, stepping back the whole time. So – and then you got Russ, who's just a ball of energy at any point in time. You know, who knows? He might get hot from three. But <laughs> that – I mean, 
they 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 strike me as someone who's who's they're looking for something. I don't think they found it yet. They strike me as a team who's looking for that that something. They just haven't really found it. They they're I I like it. I like that Russ is really getting into the groove of you know putting up his triple doubles. James is you know putting in his points. I think that's how it should be. I don't think James need to go out there and try to score fifty a night. I, like, you know, him averaging 37 a game is cool for the record books. But, like, as far as winning a championship, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's good. But if you get those other guys involved and as well as, you know, defending, that's really is going to be the, the key to actually um, being formidable in the playoffs. I think they're going to be a tough out. Now, no team, you, you facing the Rockets, even the Jazz. Like, I'm saying, you know, the Jazz, the Clippers – Anybody facing the Rockets in the playoffs, you already know they're going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry. So you, you're going to have your work cut out for you. I mean, so that's really I got to say. What about what you think about the Nuggets, though, man? So here's the thing about the Nuggets. Um, I think they're I, – I love the fact that they're letting Michael Porter Jr. play and he's playing well. Um, I haven't seen like a lot of his games, but I've seen that like you know just a few highlights on Sports Center. He's been doing his thing. That boy's talented, and he might end up being the best player on their team over time. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. But, but I still kind of feel like they're a really good team that no one's scared of. And the reason why no one is scared of them is they don't lose many games. But the way they lose the games that they lose, you just kind of look at them like what like you know like like the hawks went and beat them right and like you said everybody every team can have like a you know a game where it's just like okay that you know things just didn't go right this game brushed it off but then they'll play like you know one of the better teams like the you know the lakers or clippers and lose by like 20 and you're like hold up now <laughs> um don't be getting beat by 20 and then they'll turn around and also get beat by the Bulls. But then they'll win, like, you know, eight out of their next ten games. So they're a good team, and I like their style of play. And But I just don't know with everything sitting around Jokic that they're going to be a championship contender. Could they make it to the Western Conference Finals? Uh, if the L.A. teams mess around and meet each other in the second round? Then yeah, you know, Nuggets yeah. can sneak into that Western Conference Finals. But are they gonna make it to the NBA Finals? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I see Michael Porter Jr. to be the key to all of their future success. They pretty much Jokic. I feel like as a as a player, he can get you to the second round, possibly a Western Conference Finals berth. Um, but the type of player Michael Porter Jr. is is gonna take you to that next level like that's gonna put you on that Lakers Clippers Bucks you know that's gonna push you on that echelon and and I feel like he's coming just just take your time with him I think you know they give him some good playoff reps you know he's gonna come back stronger next year I'm pretty sure he's gonna be like a full-time starter I don't know if he's gonna start at the three or the four hey maybe he starts at the four they let Paul Millsap walk to the Hawks hey you know, <laughs> um, but um, I, I'm seeing that as like if if Michael Porter Jr. can come along and be that 25 point per game guy, 
who can, you know, be the, the true, true superstar on that team, they're going to be a handful. But this season, nah, I don't see it at all. Yeah, um, I would love for him to be like that guy because I think he has that swagger, that saying, like his best friend is Trey Young, right? So I, I feel like the reason they, they both got that same kind of swagger about them um, where like, yeah, like if, if Michael Porter Jr. starts, you know, giving you 25 a night, then that changes that whole team. Like then it's like, okay, now we got this 6'10 dude that can, you know, bust 30 on you in a given night. And we got Jokic and we got Jamal Murray, those guys too. Then that's a scary team. Like that's That's a scary team. But right now, they're a good team. I just ain't scared of them. You know, it's just, eh, I ain't scared of them. Uh, a team like that in the East, I would say, is kind of like Boston. Um, Boston, they just need help in that interior. If they had a legit center, I would actually be more scared of them because you got Jalen Brown, you got Kimba, you got Jason Tatum, you got Gordon Hayward. You got all guys who on even any given night, hell, even at the same time sometimes, they're giving you 20-plus points a game. You know, you got four guys who can pretty much win you the game when they're in the game. Um, they haven't all been healthy at the same time. It seems like some at some point in time, they're, they're kind of like the Clippers almost, like when, you know, they might have one guy out of the lineup like every two two games or something, and it's a different guy, not even the same guy. It's like one guy maybe out of the line with 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 something, and I think that's what's kind of holding them back for truly gelling. I think they're like in maybe third or fourth place in the East right now. Um, but yeah, I kind of see them comparable to the Nuggets. Like, yeah, we know they're gonna give them a, whoever they play in the playoffs a tough series, but I don't really see it going past that. Like they're like a tough first round out to me, maybe a second, depending on their seed. Um, yeah, I see. Also, the Pacers. Honestly, that's the that's like the that's another team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. If I'm like any team, I don't want to play the Pacers or the Heat in the playoffs because Pacers again, Oladipo back. They're deep. Um, they have big Sabonis is a load. You don't want to handle him. Um, TJ Warren's been balling. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's been balling. You know, these aren't like your typical star players, but these are very, very, very good players. And I think, you know, once Oladipo get back and they integrate him, that's a tough series going against anybody in the, anybody in these Bucks, 76ers. Hell, even Miami. I love to see a Miami, a Miami Indiana uh, series. I'm not gonna lie, I would love to see that. That might be like maybe a boring series on the low, but like I would love to see that. Just the competitive nature of it. Yeah, I really hope Oladipo comes back healthy. Like that's an ACL injury. So I remember when Lou Will towards ACL. It took him a good half. A I thought it was like a, it was a torn quad tendon or something like that. It was. Yeah, something around like right above the knee, you know. Yeah, was, yeah, you're right. It wasn't an ACL, but it was. It's just one of those things that you're just like, oh, I hope, I hope he's himself. And if yeah. he's himself, then yeah, Indiana can be scared. If he's not himself, you know, I'm looking towards next year where you know that's when that's a team. But you're right. That's I haven't really thought about Indiana. Like they just quietly plug away and win games. Um, they got a, a respectable record. They're definitely, you know, a playoff team. You know, you know, I, I don't think of them as a contender, but they definitely can make some noise in the playoffs. 
they're like a tough that's a tough six game series that a team like the Bucks do not need to happen on like their way to Eastern Conference Finals. That's a team that can like slow you down or something like that. You get bogged down in a series with the Pacers. I can yeah. see that happening. You know, they can they can take you. They took LeBron to seven his last year in the East. You know, yeah. and that was so and that was just Victor Oladipo pretty much. Like Yeah, that's just pretty much Oladipo just so, doing the thing. <laughs> so now you got them with some death. Like I'm telling you Sabonis man, he's a beast. Like down low, that's a low down there, man. The only team that can really just I think kind of cancel them out is maybe Philly. But you know, and you know, you got teams like Philly, Toronto's still playing well. They're still gonna they're gonna be a tough team that you don't really really want to run up against. Got some some championship swag on them. You don't really want to run up against like a team like that. Like the East, I think the East playoffs is gonna be a little bit more interesting than the West, personally. I think it like the like the second, maybe the first and second round might be a little bit more difficult to get out for some contenders like the Bucks and Heat versus like the Lakers playing like the Pelicans or the Grizzlies or something like that. Uh, I think it's gonna be very tough. Man, the East is gonna be nice, and the thing about it is, just looking forward, future. So here's the thing about the East. Um, Kevin Durant's hurt. Oladipo's hurt. Um, John Wall's hurt. All these guys are on schedule to come back between sometime between now and beginning of next season. When you bring back John Wall to the the Clippers, not the Clippers, <laughs> the Wizards. You bring John Wall back to the Wizards, they all all of a sudden go from a terrible team to a really good team. Um, you 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 bring Kevin Durant back to the Nets, and now we don't have to listen to Kyrie Irving talk anymore, right? Oh my God. Um, Kyrie just needs like Jesus Christ, Kyrie, Kyrie. Like, what? what, I mean, to ask you about that, man. Like, (laughs) the Nets win without Kyrie. <laughs> they were looking but, good, huh, Kyrie. I mean, yeah, came back, when, everything went to shit. Yeah, it's just like stuff started going to shit. You know, people just don't know what the hell going on with when Kyrie just comes back. Like they beat the Hawks. Trey Young didn't play that game. I feel like they would have actually had a chance if Trey Young had had to play in that game. But um, yeah, that they just need KD, man. I want to see the next next season. I don't even want to see them this year. I already know that's a first round playoff exit. I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. I think looking at next year, like you, you already talked about how good the Pacers can be with Old Depot. You add those two teams to the mix, the Wizards and the um and the and, and the and the uh, Nets. And we're not even talking about how much better other the younger teams could get, like the 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 Magic and the Hawks and and the the, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, but I, I say that to say the East is going to be stronger than the West next year, even with Golden State coming back and they're going to be Golden State again next year with, you know, all the stars back. And so I think next year the East is really going to run the NBA. I like that. Uh, now we got a we got this guy who just came back from an injury. Zion Williamson. Zion. What? This guy. He had five points and five turnovers through the first three quarters. Then this guy just went supernova, scored 17 points in like four minutes in the in the in the fourth quarter. Hit four threes, went four for four from three. 
on his way. They lost the game, but what do you think about Zion from what you saw? That was only a glimpse now. I mean, that's his first game. Do I think he's going to hit that many threes? Hell no. I think he's just really – he got – you know, he's coming off that. He's been practicing a lot. I'm pretty sure he's been practicing his shot a lot, and look, it looks actually better. The the shot does look like a lot better. He looks comfortable taking it, and once he hit like that first or second one, it was like, oh shit, <laughs> bet you know you you leave anybody open from three in the NBA multiple times like that, they're gonna hit him. But what what do you think about Zion overall though? Like well, from what you saw. I think he is who we thought he is, which is a bad motherfucker, man. It's Zion. Like, you know, the thing, he, he's Zion. Like, he is – here's the thing about him hitting those four threes. It's not the fact that I, – I, no one thinks I – I mean, I don't think anyone thinks he's going to be, you know, an incredible three-point shooter. But can you imagine having to respect his three? Like, just as a defender. Can you imagine that we know that he can jump from the free throw line to the goal down there and, and dunk on anyone and be a force in the paint? But at this stage of his career, just being a rookie, can you imagine how hard it is going to be to defend him if we have to actually respect his three? Like, I'm imagine sure everyone was thinking, oh, let's just back up off him and, you know, stop him from driving. But if he, if we have to respect his three from jump, if he can hit thirty three percent, just just you know, just just a, a little bit better than Luca, <laughs> um, then uh. dude is going to be a beast. Like that's crazy. So I don't expect him to be a forty percent three point shooter, um, or anything close to it. But if, if if he if he can just make you respect his shot, the Pelicans are going to be just nasty. Oh yeah, Lonzo's been playing very well lately. Brandon Ingram is having him an All Star season. I don't think he's gonna make the game, but um, he better make the game. Man. I hope he does. Yeah, I hope he does. He's he's had he's balled out this year. But Zion, just what you said, man. Everything. If I yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I think at best he's he can be like league average. You know, thirty four. 35%, somewhere around there. If he can get me, if he can get there, it's over with. Because all you got to do, pump fake, that pump fake will be nasty. Like a Paul Millsap, uh, a Joel Embiid pump fake type thing from the three-point line, just somebody coming out and catch him clean. Ooh, it will be nasty. Like, so I mean, yeah, like we I saw pretty much everything I needed to see from Zion. I mean, the fact that he hit he took the threes his first game. He didn't wait until, you know, Ben Simmons' his second or third year, and we're like, Oh, is Ben Simmons gonna take threes? Like, dude, no, like I'm getting sick of Ben Simmons with this whole oh, I don't I don't shoot three. Like, dude, you're literally the point guard. You have to take threes. But okay. The NBA but world is so petty. They're so NBA community is so petty because right after the game, they're like Zion has hit more threes than Ben Simmons has his whole career. <laughs> pretty much, that <laughs> is pretty much that, that is a fact, that is a pure fact, and we cannot deny that. <laughs> I think Ben Simmons has hit what two, maybe two. That, yeah, Ben has hit two so in his career. Um, that is so... freaking crazy. He's been in the league, this is his third season. You know, like these technically, players are not related, yeah. but they'll play on the same team. It's just hilarious that we would bring that up. Like, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious, man. But I'm happy to see Zion. And I think that 
Um, I mean, obviously, John Morant has a rookie of the year thing tied up. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's it's his. Um, but yeah. I mean, he got it sold up. But I, I like the fact that because you know people started you know out of sight, out of mind. So they're just like, oh, John Morant is going to be the best rookie out of this class by far. There's he's just going to have this incredible career, which he probably will. Um, but don't just because we ain't seeing Zion doesn't mean he's not still Zion Williams. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's just that hey, it's some incredible talent in this draft class, and hey, the the the, <laughs> the king of the jungle's back. You know, it's Zion. Oh yeah. It's gonna be nasty. Now let's pivot to the Hawks, man. We what you what we haven't talked since Christmas about the Hawks. A lot of things have happened in between that time. We last talked, John Collins has just came back. Um and now we trade for Jeff T. Um that is crazy. Jeff Teague is back on the Hawks. Um, we've been kind of off and on with the wins. Team has been looking a lot better, I would say. Um, as far as we're not just getting molly whopped out here, I think we did have a bad loss. The Nets was a pretty mm, loss, but um, we just got a win last night against the Clippers. Um, we've you know been playing and competing against some some pretty good teams, and I I just think that. I mean, the other night with with uh, was that MLK Day? We played against Toronto, right? Yeah. And I think uh, what Trey had what forty two and fifteen. Yeah. Man. So almost pulled out the win, man. Almost pulled out the win. It came down to, uh, came down to a foul. It came down to a foul. We were only down three points. Um, what was it two points? Um, what was the deficit? I think we were down two. Uh, yeah, down two. Freaking um, Kyle Lowry, uh, was that Kyle Lowry? Um, anyway, might have been Norman Powell or nah, something. Nah, Norman Powell was killing us, but he didn't. He was he wasn't the one that took that shot. Um, but anyway, shooter goes up, misses the shot. John Collins runs into him, doesn't let him land. Easy foul call. They hit the three free throws, and now it's a five point game with fourteen seconds to go, as opposed to. 14 seconds when we get the rebound with a chance to, you know, go down and, and do something with it. So it really, it really came down to that one play with 14 seconds left. You really can't ask for much more than that. Those are the world champions. Um, they come into town and we give them all they can handle. You know, I, here's why I think about the Hawks right now, man. There's, um, there's some really awesome things about what's going on. One, this is, this is the first stretch we've had in the season where everyone's played together, you know, um, like being, John Collins got hurt. I mean, not hurt. John Collins got suspended for 25 games. Kevin Herter wasn't really there at the beginning of the season um, because of injury. He's on minutes restriction. Um, so it's just Trey Young and the rookies kind of hooping on um, the beginning of the year. And, you know, we finally get, you know, John Collins back. And um, now we've able to kind of – we've been able to build some chemistry. And I like that. Um, one thing I'm kind of lukewarm on is I feel like Travis Slink is – imposing his will a little bit too much on the lineup like the i mean i get it the the you know we kind of call them the untouchables on twitter in, in hawks twitter and you know the untouchables you know being trey young kevin herter cam reddish deandre hunter and john collins you know that's our core um 
I don't like them as a starting five though, because I don't like John Collins starting at the five when we're when we're going against a team with like a legit center. It just it's to me he just has too much opportunity to get into foul trouble. I mean John can handle the five. We we know he can handle the five, but I like him playing the five in spurts. I don't like him starting the game off against Joel Embiid against you know just a big center. Um, because yeah, John's quicker than them and he can get some points on offense, but the load he has to carry on defense is just too much. And it all happened after Travis Slink, you know, he was getting interviewed by somebody and he was like, yeah, I want to see more of our core, core guys together. I want to see more of those group of guys together. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden they're starting together. And <laughs> it's like, I get it. You know, I want to see Cam and Kevin and, and DeAndre on the court together. But at the same time, I want that to be a lineup that maybe finishes games or plays a good chunk of games together. But I, you know, I, I want I want a real center playing center, at least to start the game. I'm I'm in agreement with you, bro. Like that's definitely something I've been looking at. I'm like, why do they? I mean, it's like I think they first tried that game in Boston, and I can see why you would do that. They got Ennis Cannon starting that center, and, and that's not like a yeah, it worked. and it worked, and it's like. It looked good. It is good. You know, I think what John got hurt in that game, that's what kind of took the win out of the sales with that. But um, at the same time, it's like you said, it looks good in spurts. It's going to be good for spurts because that's a fast, quick lineup. Everybody can shoot on the lineup. Everybody can pretty much get their own shot. Um, you know, it's it's – it's fun. It's exciting. It's the young guys. It's our core. It's all the above. But I don't think John Collins can handle that, handle playing against starting caliber, you know, six, 11 to seven feet, two centers on a nightly basis for, you know, 20 plus minutes a game. I don't think he can handle that. I don't want to see him handle that. I want to see John get his own, you know, kind of, you know, be able to not, I mean, first of all, I don't see John as that type of defender, like who's, he's, he's big, but he's not that type of big. John is, you know, six nine, six ten. He's giving up size, length. You know, he probably has comparable athleticism to most of the centers, but at the same time, he's still giving up a lot on that end. And, and all for what though, for, you know, some offensive, you know, to go back at him on the offensive end. Right. It's like you're trading buckets at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd rather, you know, have a, have a bruiser down low, have somebody who can, who can do a little bit more with those bigs than, you know, just John down there. Now, if John is our like backup five, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's better than any backup five in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm definitely okay with John being our backup five, but other than that, nah, I'm, I'm good on it. Um, yeah, man, I think that everybody's been playing a little bit better. DeAndre Hunter has been kind of hot and cold lately. More so, also, I'm sorry, go ahead. More so than Cam. Cam has actually been playing, I would say, relatively well lately. And we've been seeing, you know, he's – I think he's right now a better defender than, you know, he's probably one of our, like, top two defenders, top two or three defenders on the team. Yeah. 
But you know, and he, he, when he's clicking on offense, he's confident and everything like that. Cam's something special. Um, Trey Young is Trey Young, and and of course Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's been coming along nicely. Yeah, he's you know, been he's, more aggressive. And I like to see that. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty much what I've been seeing from them, man. What you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that inconsistency with DeAndre Hunter is just a byproduct of his role changes. You know, like he. He was a starting three to begin the season, and we saw comfort in that, right? Like, he just – first few games of the season, he was like, this boy's grown-ass man. This boy out here hooping. Like, he ain't scared at all because he's comfortable. Like, he's always been the three. All throughout his career in UVA, he played the three. Come to the Hawks, he's playing the three. Then we switched the lineup, and he's moving over to the four, which he's big enough to do that. He can, he can handle it defensively, but I think it takes him out of his comfort zone. And, you know, he's learning how to adapt to that. But sometimes we see him, he has a great game. He's putting up 17 points. And, you know, he's shooting that, that pretty jumper that he has. But in other games, it's like, uh, you know, DeAndre's got like four points, man. It's the, it's the middle of the third quarter. Like, where is he? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's, it's just one of those things. I think he's he kind of uncomfortable maybe as a starting four. But he he's just only uncomfortable because he's learning, you know, how to do that in the NBA. And that's causing inconsistency. But at the same time, like you said, Cam is obviously comfortable as a three. Like, he is, he, he's shooting like 40% from three from the month of January. Um, so, the, the, the confidence is there with the shot. Um, he he's making less mistakes. He still steps out of bounds way too much. He's got to figure out what the sideline is. Um, but that's just a nitpick. He'll, he'll figure that out. Um, but I mean, like you said, compared to where he started the season, you can see the progress in Cam. I love that. I love that. Um, but it, ultimately, if he's most comfortable at the three and DeAndre's most comfortable at the three, who's going to be the starting three long term? Cam Reddish. Boom. Um, right, there it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I think that's probably going to give us our now. I don't know, though, because maybe you start DeAndre and Cam is just like our James Harden off the bench, you know, um, who can put up 18 points a game. And, you know, I see a lot of I want to say Kelly Oubre so bad, but like I feel like. <laughs> Kelly, it's, it's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, to Cam, like I feel like Cam and Kelly Oubre have a lot of similarities. Yeah. I feel like Cam is a better shooter, and uh, I feel like Kelly Oubre is a more of a off-ball cutter. Screen. Yeah, he's a little more athletic than Cam. Yeah, he's a, he's a little more athletic than him. Like Cam has been, I can tell he's been in the weight room lately, man. He's been dunking a little bit more and getting to the yeah. rim a little bit more. Yeah. I can tell he's just been like you said, getting more comfortable. And, like, that's going to be the, the – it's really going to decide – I don't I don't think it really matters right now. That's why I think Schlink and, <laughs> and, um, and Lloyd Pierce, they're like, you know what, hey, let's, let's go on a 10-game stretch where we're primarily putting out that type of lineup and see how they adapt, see how they work with it. It's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. It's actually going to help them, I feel like, long term because they're going to be – this is the NBA. You're going to have to switch two through four most nights. So you you can't really – every no one can really just get pigeonholed into, okay, I'm the starting two guard. Like, 
no, dude, you might be switched out into Ben Simmons, LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis sometimes. Yeah, Kevin Herter, you might be switched out on the Anthony Davis sometimes. So we we don't we don't know what's gonna happen. So um I think that it's good to kind of see how that lineup works. I think we know we we're figuring, we're still figuring out some kinks with it, and I think it's going to work. It's it's gonna be a definite lineup that we pull out and I feel like it's probably might be our closing lineup actually um depending on what goes on and what type of starting center we get but like that will be an interesting question going forward who is going to be the starting three now DeAndre Hunter we know he's the fourth pick in the draft so people are going to be like well shouldn't you know Atlanta traded up for him and blah 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 never hear that we'll never hear the end of it but at the same time you know Who's going to produce better? That's why I kind of say I want to, like, um, Cam, he gives more flash. He gives more thrill. You know, the highs are highs and the lows are like, oh, man. You know, DeAndre is pretty consistent for the most part. We kind of see what a player he can grow into now. He's a minivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Rashad Phillips said, he's reliable. He's a minivan. You know what you're going to get from every time. And that is actually more valuable sometimes than that high and low type of play when you know that you can go out and get a solid 15 points from a guy. You know, when you know that you can go out and get that from a guy, it's pretty – you know, it's pretty good. Now, do I think – now, who's going to respond better coming off the bench? That's the thing. Like, can – I feel like Cam can get more of a shot. Um, That's the thing. So, I'm, I'm, I would actually feel a little bit better about putting DeAndre in the starting lineup because I feel like he's going to work well off the ball with Trey and, and, yeah. and Herter. So, it's, you know – Cam, I know he can – I feel like he can just fill it up when he needs to, and he knows he can get starters minutes. So I don't think Cam would be too bad about that. But I think you throw DeAndre on the bench, you might have you might have a guy who can potentially be scoring, you know, 15 points a game for you, go to doing that to, you know, maybe putting up eight or nine, and you're thinking about, oh, man, is this guy a bust? I'm like, not really. Yeah, the good thing is they're both team guys. Like you can see, yeah. like no matter what role they're given, they're both gonna like you know try to play it to the best of their abilities and not uh not bitch and moan about it. You know what I mean? Like that's the even though DeAndre is a fourth pick in the draft and he obviously only worked out for Atlanta because he knew he should come into Atlanta and start immediately as his, uh the small forward. Yeah, even if he got tossed to the bench, I feel like he'll just take his stride and be like, all right, then well. Yeah, I'm about to, you know, do this. Like, it just won't be any hard feelings about it. So that's like, you know, hats off to Travis Schlink for getting two guys that are ultimate team first guys. But I really want to see how that turns out. Um, but also, the reason why this is a conversation is because our second year, second and third year guys are really doing their thing. Kevin Hurd and John Collins are both better than they were last year. We know Trey's better. But, you know, like, they're both took those steps to solidify their position. Like, you know, like we were kind of thinking, yo, is Cam going to be the two? Kevin Hurd is the two. Okay. He, he's, he's, a, he's a small, he's a, he's a starting shooting guard. Like, you know, maybe Cam can do that, but Kevin's playing so well. Why would you move him out of that spot? You know, he's, he's, he just really solidified that shooting guard spot. And I love it. You know, and John, John is amazing, man. Like it's so good to see him catching lobs again. 
Like that was missing for so long. And then when he was gone, and it's just so good to see him catching lobs from Trey Young again, man. Yeah, that's that's the name. Like, um, so we got Kevin Herter at the two. And we're still having question marks on the three. We're pretty sure John Collins is going to be the starting four. It's just that five, man. We got to really hammer that down now. In the yeah, upcoming draft, <laughs> in the upcoming draft, now the Hawks are projected to get like a top five pick, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we necessarily need to take another wing, even though this, this draft is very wing and guard heavy, like towards the top. Yeah. Uh, you know, now if the mellow ball falls into your lap. You take him. I think I'm gonna just take mellow. You take the mellow oh. and you make you, you figure it out. <laughs> we just figure it out. We like we just gonna see how it works. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You just take him and you figure it out. Like you know, I'm it. taking Lamelo, and um, yeah, we're gonna be probably starting Trey Lamelo and Kevin Herter. You know, who knows? I don't the know. Thing is, you know, when you when you when you do that, you give yourself the opportunity to do so many things. I think about what happened in Cleveland like six or seven years ago, whenever that was, when they drafted Andrew Wiggins. Like, obviously, you're thinking, wow, we got Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins. This is awesome. But what happens, LeBron comes to town, we're like, we're getting Wiggins the fuck out of here and get Kevin Love in that trade. And, you know, then you go and win a ring. So if you if you draft LaMelo and you're like, yes, we got to train LaMelo, but you end up signing the big free agent like Giannis or something. Okay, LaMelo, peace, because we're about to trade you for whatever other guy we need. And then you go and win a ring. So you just always take the guy. You take LaMelo and you then you just make it work, whether it's him playing or him being a trade piece to get like, you know, some unforeseen thing to happen. You just, you got to do that. Even though nah, we need a center. We need a center bad, but you just we don't need a center bad. I don't know if I want to like necessarily draft a center though. Because what I've noticed is big men take longer to develop than guards and wings. Particularly, I find that because they don't have the ball in their hands as much. So it's not like, you know, unless they're bigs or guys, they're also a dying position, you know, the 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 big. So you most you want a guy who can shoot, defend, like be versatile, be this, be that. You know, think about Bam Adebayo in Miami. You know, yeah. this is like his fourth season. You know, he's like, you can always see the flashes, but now he's finally getting into that. You know, he's in all-star conversations now. Yeah. yeah. But it took three, four seasons just to get there. You know, we can't just draft a center and be like, well, we got our championship team tomorrow. We're winning. We, we're nah, winning. Yeah, it's going to take time. No. Really, being a center and being a point guard are like probably the two hardest positions on the court. Because you got so much responsibility. The center has so much defensive responsibility nowadays. They got to switch out on quicker players. They got to run pick and rolls. They got to hit a three. And they probably never shot threes in college. So it's such a difficult position for a center to learn as a young player. Um, Yeah, I would rather get a Steven Adams or just some veteran type of center that you can just plug in. Yeah, I think, I mean, I may still draft a center. Like how, you know, people were kind of shitting on my I wouldn't I wouldn't say they were shitting on the magic because they, they gave Vucevic a contract contract and everything, but I'm like Mobamba, he's still young. And yeah. he showed little flashes, but it wasn't the ones that you you know, he, he didn't have a good rookie season. But this season he's showing some promise. And, you know, now 
you know, in a year or two when Vucevic is probably looking for that other contract, you might, all right, Vuce, we might, you know, go and trade you. We got this up and coming guy right here. You know, we don't really need you. Um, but like I said, I would definitely be looking at those like a plug-in guy. Like I would trade for Steven Adams. I would trade for Miles Turner. I would trade for uh, a guy who's been in the league long enough to kind of know how to play the position, play their role well, fit into the team versus a rookie who's really just going to cause a little bit more headache because we're going through the rookie headaches this year. Yeah. The like we we're going through that even more than last year with Trey. I feel like because we saw it. I swear we saw it from Trey dates the game two when he dropped thirty five and ten in Cleveland. I knew it from then. I was yeah. like, this is it. Um, I don't care what happens after this. This guy has the juice. This is the guy. Boom. Now you know, yeah, he did have a down. It was down beginning of it, but you know, after that December, it was pretty much on and popping and ever since then it's been you know Trey Young so yeah Trey Young and everybody. We, we got spoiled we got spoiled from that and then you know you get DeAndre and Cam in here and Bruno you know we get those guys in here and there we're like oh man you know these guys you know you, you see the bus label come out but I'm like you gotta remember these guys are rookies and they're not Trey Young they're not looking right. They're not, they're not that. So you're going to have to deal with these growing pains. And even next year, you're still going to have to deal with some of them. But I don't think you even want to compound those issues with getting a rookie big who's not going to be, you know, who's going to be probably worse than Alex Lynn starting at center. Uh, it's like they're going to be that bad. And it's going to be like, what are we doing out here? You know, this guy, we drafted him so high, but you can't really, you can't really measure it in that. So I think the Hawks. Yeah, I would almost prefer to get, like, let's say we keep the Brooklyn pick, right? And yeah. that that pick ends up being somewhere just outside the lottery. So let's let's call it seventeen because we always end up with the seventeenth pick, right? Um, it, I would almost prefer to get just a big that's right there at seventeen and still a good. That's a first round player, you know, mid first round. But then you're not compelled to start the guy. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, you know, if you get a, you know, we get a number two pick and we get Wiseman or somebody, then you, you, you got, got it. You almost got to start him. Number two pick. What you doing coming off the bench? You know what I mean? You got I, mean I, I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing them off the bench. We got, we drafted that guy and we got Steven Adams. We traded for Steven Adams or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, Brain that that's, that's, a, that's definitely a, a great scenario because then you know he can learn from a, a tried and true big. Um, but I just I get tired, I don't want the, the starting lineup to continue to just feature so much responsibility on these rookies. Like we had two rookies last year, we got two and a half this year. I mean, Bruno starts half of the time, so it's just oh man, it's like you said, the rookie headaches, man. And yeah, I just and I don't think Atlanta can really take another season of, oh, man, is the young – okay, we want to be on that trajectory of, you know, I thought we would be closer to the Bulls or, you know, sniffing around that 10th seed, 9th seed, something like that. I thought we would be closer to that. But, you know, instead we're bottom of the East. And it's – it's – it's – 
a lot that goes into that. John Collins just 25 games definitely hurt. I do. I think we could have eked out three, four, five wins out of that 25 game suspension. Hell yeah. Um, but oh, at, at, at the same time, I'm like, it's these are still young guys. These are still, you know, um, this is still a young team. You know, it's going to take time for these guys to gel, time for these guys to learn how to win, okay, how to win close games. Uh, like you said, that's a Toronto game. That, you know, a more veteran-laden team probably would have maybe got that win. Maybe Kane got went ahead and got that win. And then, um, you know, we're going to have to – it's going to be a playoff hurdle. It's like it's going to be hurdles to every – single, you know, point in growth over the next two to five years, I would say. You know, once we do get into the playoffs and maybe we get put out in the first round, we get swept or something like that the first season, next season. Maybe we get put out again in six and people are like, oh, what's going on with the Hawks? I'm like, okay, we're learning how to win in the playoffs now, you know? Then you're going to get to a point where you're getting the second round, Eastern Conference Finals, whatever. You're going you're gonna to have these points but you just kind of got to stick to it and just be patient with it. We just can't – like, we can't expect these guys to be hoisting up the Larry O'Brien trophy tomorrow. We can't expect that out of them when they're – you know, we know the people who are actually doing that, you know, are not doing that currently. Like, wait, it took LeBron nine years to get a ring, you know? Yeah. It took him what – but it took him, you know, four or five to get to the finals. But at and the same time – like- in the NBA, like you said, young teams don't win. Older teams win. Yeah. Look at every finals, and you don't see teams full of rookies in the finals. It does nope. not happen. It's just they don't see teams full of rookies in the playoffs either. Like, it's, it's for a reason, man. You got guys out here who've been in the league nine, ten years. Like, those are the guys who know how to win, and they're the guys who are going to make it deep in the playoffs. And you got young guys who are talented, but it's the NBA. Everybody's talented. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, you got to know how to win. Yeah, man. So, I mean, is that that pretty much it you had to say on the Hawks, man? Um, I think that Jeff Teague was a smart pickup um, because you need a veteran point guard. I, 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 I know that Jeff Teague is Jeff Teague is Jeff Teague, and the thing about Jeff Teague is. <laughs> Jeff T has always been talented enough to be a, a fringe All Star, but he's never had the. I don't think he's ever wanted that. Like he doesn't play like he wants to be the guy. So, is he going to be the guy that comes off our bench and gives us like 17 points and he like just totally like fills up the stat sheet? I, I worry that he's not going to be that guy. Um, but as far as being a veteran leader, that's we needed that. We needed. That. I don't even think. Um, I don't even know why would people expect Jeff has never even averaged like 17 a game for his career. Like if Jeff came off the bench and give me 10, five, and three, I'm Gucci. Like you know. I'm I'm good right there, Jeff. Like, give me that <laughs> right there, right that's, there. That's, that's facts. That's just factual. Like, I mean, we we've been Hawk fans from from day way back, so we remember when we drafted Jeff T and we saw the talent, and we was like, yeah. oh, that's twenty and ten. That's twenty and ten right there. He gonna give us twenty and ten, but the reality of it. It's, it's 15 and 7. <laughs> not, that's not who Jeff Teague is. Like, he's going to have some games now. Now, here's the difference. Playoff Teague. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Real Play- Hawks fans team. know the difference between playoff team and regular season team. <laughs> like, I expect a couple 17 to 20 point outbursts from Jeff T in the playoffs. I would expect that. I would expect nothing less, actually. You know, he's gonna actually he turns it up in the playoffs. Um and then also you got um what well, I, was, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, in the playoffs, getting those uh, 17, 20 points. Yeah, man. Jeff T is just, he's going to be, I feel like, an amazing piece for us. He's going to be a guy who's going to give us, like you said, that veteran leadership. He's going to make sure that we are on track to, you know, he's going he's gonna to guide Trey. I feel like yeah. he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be able to give Trey that perspective that he needs. Like Brandon Goodwin can't tell Trey shit about being a point guard. Evan Turner can't tell Trey shit about being a point guard, but Jeff T can. Jeff T has been to playoffs and played against Derrick Rose head to head. You know what I'm saying? And played amazingly. Jeff T, you know, has, has been on teams that went to the playoffs in Minnesota. You know, he he's on the 60 win team with the Hawks, so he has so much knowledge and he has so much respect around the game. So. You know, it, even if people are expecting Jeff to come in and, like, you know, be a leading scorer off the bench, that's come on, get real. But we needed some veteran leadership and we still need some more. Um, like, we still got some moves to make, but I like the Jeff Teague move. And, you know, um, Travis Slink, the GM, went on record saying that this is like a tryout for Jeff. Like, the second half of the season, we're going to see how he fits as a second unit point guard. And if, it, if things look good, then he's going to sign him. To you know, a three or four year deal next in the off season to bring him back. So this is you know, it's a tryout. You know, and I saw you know Jeff T was saying he was trying to find his way back to Atlanta. Uh, I saw him in some interviews doing that, and I was saying, "Yo, we <laughs> if we got that fourteen fifteen team back, man, it just combined it with the new guys, man. I feel like that's a team. I ain't gonna lie, you got the." perfect mixture mixture of like um just veteran and, and young talent you know I, that's why i said paul Millsap would actually be pretty decent just coming coming in i feel like he can give us 15 20 minutes a game with just solid paul Millsapness, and you know I, I like it. I like it. I just like it because, you know, Jeff is a familiar face to a lot of Hawks fans. It's crazy how nobody is from that 14-15 team. All those teams are on the team anymore. Yeah, no one played with him before, man. Completely, you know, so. completely new feel. And also the arena is completely different now. He got to upgrade. Like when he played, like, you know, it was Phillips Arena and it was pretty shitty. But now it's State Farm Arena and it's, you know, top of the league. And we got, you know, the Emory uh, practice facility and the healthcare. So, you know, it's, you know, welcome back, Jeff. We done, we done moved up in the world. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, what do you think about All-Star? Now, we know Trey Young has put up all-star numbers. Do you think he will be an all-star? Oh, he's definitely gonna be an all-star. There's no way he's not gonna be an all-star. Um, he got the he got the most votes out of any guards in the East. There's no way he's not gonna be an all-star. Um, I think maybe the question around the league is should he be an all-star starter? Um, here's my take on it. It's an exhibition game, okay? It doesn't mean shit. It, it doesn't determine who wins a ring. It doesn't determine who sees where. It's just a fun game for people to watch. And, and, and Trey Young has proven that he's one of the best and definitely one of the most fun 
guards in the East and in, in the entire NBA. So if he doesn't start, I won't pitch a fit, even though I think he should start, but he, he better get minutes because people want to see him shoot threes from the logo. They want to see him nutmeg people. They want to see him do the things that he does. That's just so entertaining. And it's just, it's just, it, I don't care what you think about the Hawks being, having a terrible record. I don't, care what you think about um Trey Young scoring a bunch of points when his team loses you can't if you watch him play and by you I just mean any NBA fan if anybody watches him play they cannot watch an entire game of uh, Trey play and not be entertained like he yeah. is just that good of a player like he is must see TV so if an all-star game without Trey Young get out of here and I honestly you know um I uh I saw Bill Simmons um actually he's a had a, he's a clown man. Saw you saw that that article. He's a clown. He doesn't know anything about Trey. He obviously doesn't listen to any Trey's interviews. So for him to say some, oh, I wish Trey would care more about winning than his stats. Every time he loses, Trey is like, these stats mean nothing if we don't win. Like real talk, and every most of the times we need literally every single point that he's given us. Like right. you know, <laughs> I mean, I I get what he's saying in a vacuum, but at the same time, when you actually have a guy who's you know pretty much you know we can pretty much say he's he's he has superstar level talent. I'm not gonna call him a superstar because he hasn't made it to the playoffs yet. I'm not gonna call him that. Personally, I feel like superstars are born in the playoffs. They're where they are born. That's, that's when fair. you can really yeah. truly get that label. Uh, from you know, he has a superstar talent. He's averaging 29 and eight and a half. Man, you just can't sit up here and talk about. Well, he's stat pad. He said Trey Young is the guy who, if you're going to 11. And you're down nine two. He hits four threes and win. And he says, "Some if you lose, you won't see Trey no more or something." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, he you can tell like, he watches the Hawks play, and I'm not mad at anyone for not watching the Hawks play because why would you watch the Hawks if you're not a Hawks fan? We don't we don't win games, so that's fine. That's a okay. But don't act like you watch us play and then talk shit. Like, dude, you you can't do both. You can't not watch us and talk crap. Like you, you gotta, you gotta at least be, you know, buckled in for the bumpy ride, and then we'll give you some credit for talking noise. But now he's just making things up about Trey Young, and it's really just distasteful, man. Like, why are you picking? Why are you taking this one guy? Like, like I tweeted um, the other day, I said um, the Sacramento Kings were ninth in the Western Conference last season. They're down to fourteenth this season, but no one's like, oh. De'Aaron Fox is stat padding. He's he's not a winning player. Marvin Bagley Jr. is is, is is you know is overrated. Uh, Buddy Hield is like no one's picking on those guys, and I'm not saying they should be. I don't like any players just getting picked on, but it's just like where does why is it always Trey and the Hawks? You know what I mean? Like why is it that it's always Trey Young and the Hawks that gets everyone's attention and oh yeah like why like there's so many other teams like that like the Phoenix Suns are still gonna miss the playoffs for the hundredth year in a row but no one's like making podcasts talking about Devin Booker like I don't know why Trey is you know it's just because it's a it's a (laughs) it's basically um now I know Trey doesn't 
like the whole Luca and him comparisons, but they're gonna put it. It's gonna be there for the rest of his career, especially now they're they're putting them both in um in a three point shootout. Even though Luca's a bad shooter, yeah, uh, <laughs> weird. That's just come on. It's, like, it's put more Luka so, the skills it's, challenge. The skills challenge is made for Luca Doncic. Put him there. Not yeah, <laughs> they're gonna put him in there, and I feel like it's, it's literally strictly for ratings. Uh, it you know you need two big names, and those are two of the biggest names of of young players in the NBA today. Um, so that and the fact that you know, personally, I think that it is it does bother Trey a little bit that you know. He looks over in the in the standings and he see you know the Mavs are in the thick of the playoffs and yet he's putting up virtually the same stats as Luca, um, and his team is not in the playoffs. So yeah, people are gonna say, "Oh, Trey Young only he doesn't care about winning." I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't have a seven three you know all star on his team. Um, that team was more in place. Like they didn't, they didn't have just rookies starting this year. Actually, they didn't have any rookies because they didn't have a draft pick. We have their draft pick. It's Cam Reddish. Exactly. Their youngest <laughs> so, players like Luca. Like beyond that, I mean, you got Brunson out there, and that's it. Like Luca and yeah. Brunson are the young guys, and they're, they're, yeah, they're built you know, to win now, and the Hawks are built to win later. So exactly, and everything's okay with that. That like, there's nothing yeah, just, wrong with both of them. Like, what do they say? There's more than one way to, to skin a cat or whatever. I don't know, but there's, there's more than one way to build a team and they're, they're doing it through, you know, you know, they made a big trade, you know, so they can start winning right now. That's fine. You know, good luck. But Hey, I think, I think Trey is just mad. Cause he just doesn't like to lose period. Like, you know, just period. He doesn't want to be a loser. He doesn't want to lose games, and it doesn't matter who else is winning. As long as he ain't winning, he ain't happy. And, you know, in time, we're going to get better. Um, ugh, I just, yeah, I feel bad for the guy because it's not his fault that he got traded. for. It is it's really not. <laughs> and it's like both of them ended up in the most perfect situations, I feel like, for their talents. Um, you know, they both not the same, you know, Dallas wasn't going to draft. Trey Young, I don't think. I think he probably would have failed to. Uh, he yeah, because they had Smith Jr. So yeah, he would have been definitely the starting point guard in Orlando. Um, uh, yeah, he would have been down there with Orlando. Mo Bamba was trying to get here to Atlanta. Um, yeah, but and you know that's. But I think it worked out the best for both teams. Yeah, Trey Young and Vucevic is not really a exciting combo. Like not, not yeah. like Craig and John Collins. Like that's don't get me wrong, Vucevic can ball, but he ain't catching lobs like John Collins. Like he ain't not up and down the court like John Collins. Like it would have been Trey's gonna be successful no matter where he goes because he's Trey Young. But you know, like you said, it's a perfect fit in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Now, any other All Stars you um any other guys who you think should get some All Star consideration? I know you said Brandon Brandon Ingram earlier. I'm right there with you. Uh, Man, I don't think Jason Tatum is surprisingly having an under the radar really good season. He really is. It's just I think you got two other guys who are putting up like twenty points a game there. Kimba's definitely going to be an All Star. I mean, and you know, pretty much he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to be more. He's going to be a starter, and that's what they're trying to figure out who's going to start with Kimba in that backcourt. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Tatum make it. Uh, but I think he might get his spot taken from like 
Chris Middleton or something. I think you know they're number one seed in the East, yeah. and if you're gonna give you anybody have two guys from the Bucks, you just gotta have two guys from the Bucks. Yeah, yeah you're gonna if you're gonna give anybody like an extra All Star. Go ahead and give him to Chris Middleton. He's not having he's having a better season he did last year, I think. But at the same time, uh, you know he's he's the second best player on the you know best team in the league. True, true. All Star. He's hooping, man. He's just he's solid. He's he's the minivan. Like like <laughs> a minivan. Chris Middleton he's, is the yeah. minivan. Like yeah. he Chris is Middleton. the Honda. Um, what is it? The Honda uh minivan. The Pro- Odyssey. He is the Honda. Yeah, he's Odyssey, he's, like. he's the Honda Odyssey. <laughs> you know, we, it doesn't I, get any more reliable than that. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter is the two thousand Dodge Caravan. Um, <laughs> So two thousand. Why he gotta be such an old model? He's a two. Just you know, he, he, he gets the job done, man. Hey, man, everybody pack in, man. We were gonna get there. Everybody pack it in, man. Yeah, man. Um, I think um, I, I really want to see Devin Booker make it, man. Like it's to the point where everybody knows he can hoop. Everybody knows he's a real deal. But you know, his team sucks, and you know, I mean, hey, I, I just can't keep blaming the Suns on him. Like he is a bona fide stud, and like you said, he's not a superstar because superstars are made in the playoffs. But I mean, Devin Booker is a bad man. I really want. I think he just deserves, just off the strength of his overall career resume, to make an All Star team. Um, especially considering you know all you know consideration that Trey Young's getting, and you look at Trey Young, you look at Devin Booker, you'd be like, ah, I mean, eh, they're both bad. You know, they're both bad mamajamas. So, um. I, I know I know Devin Booker ain't gonna make it coming out the West, but I really wish he would. Yeah, I'm I'm in that same boat, which I don't feel too good about Bradley Bill making it. I mean, eh, I don't, yeah. I'd rather give it to Zach Levine than Bradley Bill. I like Zach um, Levine too, man. You're right. Yeah. If if I was just gonna, you know, they're probably gonna give one to Brad simply because he's been an All Star before and he's on the way. The Wizards have been playing okay. Their offense is like top ten in the league or something like that. Uh, the defense is trash. I think it's like worse in the league. Like, how do you have a top ten offense and you know worst defense in the league? It doesn't really add up. But hey, that's how it goes. Um, so that's you know all the other All Stars are pretty much. Kind of, you know, written in almost. Uh, right. You know, you Kawhi, got... LeBron, Anthony Davis, those guys are, you know, that's Giannis. Uh, though, is Jimmy Butler an All Star this year? I'm, pre- yeah. They, they, I mean, the Heat. You know, they're gonna. I've been seeing, you know, him and Bam. They're gonna, you know, probably try to get them two in there. But definitely, Jimmy Butler is, you know, number one. Um, like, you know, he's either yeah. gonna start. Or if he doesn't start, definitely he's gonna get in on the coaches. But uh, you know, definitely. Uh you got Pascal up in up in Toronto. Yeah, Pascal's yeah. gotta be an all-star. Uh possibly Kyle Lowry getting some consideration. You know, I you know, maybe yeah. he's actually like leading the league in minutes. Ever since you missed those eleven games, he's leading the league in minutes. Um yeah, it's just um, I really hope Trey gets in, Brandon Ingram and Booker. I hope they all get in, man. Just you just want to see some young guys, some some new guys in there. And of course, I feel like the, the NBA has to let Trey in because of Luca's one. You don't want just Trey just sitting at home with 
averaging 29 points a game. Yeah, you can't get, you can't get, you can't be top five in assists and points and not be an all star. It's just, I don't care how bad your team is. Like, you're <laughs> 29 and eight. Come on. Um, yeah. yeah, what was I about to say? Also, I mean, just from a selfish standpoint and fandom standpoint, I would love to get Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum in there because Duke, baby. I, I mean, you know, people talk a lot of shit about Duke and how they, their players don't pan out in the NBA. We get two Dukies in that game. And then, you know, Zion's going to be in that rising star challenge. You know, I just I just like that from a Duke perspective, man. I like that a lot. Yo, that rising star challenge is going to be lit. That's going to be legit. <laughs> like, that might be better than an all-star game. <laughs> actually, might be because you got Luca, Luca and Trey, Zion, Zion and Trey on the same team because they're going to be – yeah, John, like it's gonna be crazy. Like that's actually, uh, I would rather see that than the All Star game because you know we all know the All Star game is like, lah. <laughs> it, like, it everybody the five minutes. They're just throwing lobs the whole time. Yeah, it's really everybody just getting out of way, and it's pretty much a dunk contest. Like everybody's getting out of way for dunks and throwing lobs and shooting threes. It's really like the worst NBA game. Ever so, it is <laughs> like 180 to 190. <laughs> yeah, I hate that, and it's like the slowest, fastest paced ever. Like, it's like this game cannot be over with you know, <laughs> quick enough. Like, they're going to like first one to 200 wins, like, type thing. Like, it right. really is that. and yeah, but um. I think that's that pretty much wraps it up, man. What you what you think, man? You know, I just want to give um, I want to give um a closing statement. You know, we really haven't talked about them much, and because we're talking about you know young and upcoming players and up young and upcoming teams for the most part, but I gotta just give one shout out to Giannis, man. Like we always said, if he gets a jumper, you know, everyone always said if he gets a jumper, he'll be the baddest man in the NBA. <laughs> Bruh got a jumper. you don't really want to even leave him out there anymore I think that he's definitely definitely like he's better than last year and that was even hard to say and it's like it's going to be in the upcoming years what can he add to his game that's going to like you know eventually there's going to be like a peak uh, you know a peak Giannis year and I think you know that's probably coming up with him I think he's what 25 now so he's coming up age 27 or 8 season which is typically like the prime of primes but it's he's gonna give us a four or five year stretch where he's just gonna be nasty yeah and i think he the thing is has he even started that is the question has he started it that's we don't even know if he's reached that that peak where he can just like like LeBron's Miami years. Like we we didn't know he was there until he got there and was like, whoa, LeBron's pretty unstoppable now, you notice? Like so like I think we'll we'll know when we see it, I guess, man. But I just had to give Giannis a shout out, man. That boy is the truth. Oh yeah. And I guess for a closing thought for me. Fuck Ben Simmons. Ben, ben, <laughs> not Ben Simmons, Bill Simmons. Fuck oh, Bill okay, Simmons. okay, okay. I was like, damn, why did he do that? <laughs> My bad. Not Ben Simmons. I actually like Ben Simmons as a player. He's been actually playing well. But Bill Simmons, like, I always was kind of iffy about him. But he just wrote that article, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, buddy. Yeah, man, yeah. He can, yeah, he can definitely go, you know what I'm saying, take a, a long walk off a short plank, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, don't yeah. even, like, 
why, why are you even saying that, man? Just yeah, he just woke up with that hate in his heart, and he should have just he should have he should have prayed on it, but instead he decided to air it out, and that's yeah, man. I, I agree with you there. I totally agree with you there. All right, man. I think I think that's it then. All right, bro. All right, peace, man. We'll talk soon. All right, peace. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening to another great episode of the Go Talk Podcast. Me and Eric had a blast talking about all this going around the NBA and, you know, talking about the Hawks as well. We love the Hawks, you know that. Again, congratulations, Trey Young, for becoming, you know, the first All-Star starter, first Hawks All-Star starter since Dikembe Mutombo. This guy's going off. We all know that. But... Again, go uh, subscribe to the podcast. Go follow us on all social media and do all those great things and continue to be a GOAT and supporting us through everything. Bye.